Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. I've told y'all many times before, I love when I have a guest on and we disagree about many, many things, whether it's the housewives, whether it's Marvel, hell, whether it's taking the trash out at night or waiting till in the morning when you wake up and you get the crust out of your eye, okay? I also love when I meet my kindred spirit and we agree on many things, okay? And that happens to be the case today. Y'all, I have Brandon Good with me today and this is going to be a full episode for you get ready we talk about all things real housewives of atlanta new jersey beverly hills hell we even touch on a few other cities we'll be looking forward to and then we get into the marvel stuff okay don't worry i put the marvel stuff at the end in case you're behind on moon Knight, and in case you're behind on dr strange okay why you haven't seen it six times yet i don't know but you know that's between you and god okay it's your new episode of reality and comics 2 let's do it That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. Listen, my guest ain't no slouch, okay? He's a whole author, and he's been recognized by Barnes & Noble. He had his second book debut at the tippy-tippy top of the Amazon new releases list, okay? He's written for many publications, including Disney. That might be why he's a Marvel fan. I don't know. I'm going to ask him, okay? <laughs> he's been <laughs> instrumental in launching apps and uh, writing consulting for TV series, and he's still found time to come get in the trash can with me to discuss all of these housewives and marvel and everything else okay y'all i've got brandon good with me today hi brandon 
Hey, Kendrick, thank you for the introduction. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get my uh my Dick Clark on right now. You my new my New Year's Eve, you know. For it, here for all of it. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I, this I feel like this has been like a conversation like in the wings or waiting to happen for so long. We were supposed to talk like towards the end of last year, but then Lord, I, I had to go out on the, uh, what I call, I tell people I had to go out on podcast medical leave. Listen, and now you got to do what you have to do for you. I'm all right. about care. So take care of yourself first and foremost. Yes. Oof. I'm okay. Y'all I'm okay. Look, I had to get Brandon here because Brandon literally discusses all of the things. Okay. He, 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 listen, all of the stuff that y'all tune into this podcast for this weird podcast he watches, okay? So we got to talk about all of that. We got to talk about Housewives. We got to yeah. talk about Marvel because y'all have been yeah. saying, hey, we need a Doctor Strange episode. We're going to talk Doctor Strange, okay? Yes. The multiverse. How, how many times have you seen it? Once? You good? I've only seen it once because I'm in the process of moving. So once oh, my move right. is complete, I will be going to see it again. I had to give myself some time to marinate because, baby, my yes. edges were gone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. But Listen, I'm planning to see it again. I'm planning to see it again. How many times have you seen that? I've seen it twice now. So my best okay. friends came down uh, for that weekend, just like to kind of hang. So we, of course, we planned to see that that weekend. So we saw it in IMAX. But nice. then I was hearing, like, you know, they said it's a multiverse movie. You got to see it in 3D. So then I kind of, yes. after they left, I snuck right back. You know, on that mm -hmm. Tuesday, I went and saw it in 3D amazing i'm yeah i'm all good i call it i don't call a wanda the scarlet wish no more i call a wanda the edge snatcher listen miss <laughs> wanda listen right. you, know, back, you know you always know a woman named wanda was about her business but this like okay like, listen <laughs> you know i always think about our friend taria when she yes. says she's like i listened to your episodes about wanda vision she like this whole time i thought wanda was black i was like listen <laughs> I'm not mad at you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know too many white wanders going around here, but listen, this white wand about a business. Don't play with okay. this one. Don't play with this one. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, let me ask you. I've been writing a sci-fi book, I feel, for like years now. Mm -hmm. I want you to tell all the like aspiring authors that are listening to this right now, did you always know you wanted to write? And like, how did that opportunity actually come about for you? Ooh, oh, that's such a great question. Um, so I've always known I was different, right? Like I growing mm -hmm. up, I just felt I was different, whether that had been me recognizing that I was gay, but I didn't know the words, but I just knew something about me was different. The way I would think about things in my imagination growing up. And I remember being in elementary school, um, they had a program called Young Authors, um, mm -hmm. shout out to University Park. Um, and <laughs> they saw me and my writing ability in my classes and they pulled me to this program where I believe it was like every Friday. We would go and work on these books. And so my first actually official, unofficial book was inspired by the 2000s version of Charlie's Angels with Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and Drew Barrymore, right? That was my movie. Don't play. Listen, so I was inspired. <laughs> I'm writing this book. And so then it kind of started this, this passion of writing. So I find myself, I found myself writing poetry and I found myself writing short stories. And, and in Florida, we have what was called the FCAT write. So it was like a writing assessment. So some people hated it. I didn't mind it because I liked to write. But growing up, I had dueling passions. And I found that early on, we were so cultured and tradition to stick to one path, right? Like you got to do the mm -hmm. one thing, you can't do all things. Now we know that, that you don't have to do that. But 
um, the other passion that I had was performing and acting. And so I was struggling with what do, what do I take? Like, what do I go with? And in high school, I was in the theater program. So I kind of dropped writing a little bit did some theater and it kind of found itself back to me um, by way of a job posting. Um, there was in the newspaper, there was, they were looking for journalists, a teen journalist right out of high school. Oh, wow. Um, that's me. Hey. And they were like, <laughs> you know, passion for writing. And so I had never written an article before. Like I was like, I know what they look like. I know what they sound like. I know how to write. And I remember walking into this interview and my boss, who became one of my best friends later down the road, she was strutting around this room with some stilettos and she was pregnant. She was like eight months pregnant. And I was like, oh, I want to write for her. Like, and I felt very Devil Wears Prada, like, and so went through the process, landed the gig. And from there, my writing just built on itself. So after that, mm. I wrote for that column for about a year and a half, then morphed into blogging about politics because the column was done away with. And then it wasn't until I went to FIU where I took a creative writing course and it really allowed me to hone in on my writing skills. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where I really got into the creative realm. And I wrote this beautiful short story inspired by one of my exes, shout out. And um, <laughs> listen, you yes. know, you gotta do what you can. Come on, Brandon Summer Walker, come on. <laughs> so I had written this short story about um, going to a ball. So I met one of my exes at a party. And it was like this this party, but I was like, this would be a fun short story. So I wrote it like a ball and like royals and masquerades and things. And it kind of built itself to that short story. And I remember us sitting in the round in, in class and talking about like our short stories. We would break them apart. We would like, you know, really work through them, ask the questions. And I remember people asking me, even my professor, haven't I thought about writing a book? And I was like, nah. I ain't got the time. Like that's, that's a lie. Like writing a book, I will tell you, is a lie. And so mm -hmm. it sat, Kendrick, honestly, for about five years. This idea sat with me for about five years. Um, and so finally I did it. I, I sat down and I was like, I need to write this story. And I figured out within my own writing schedule how to do it. And that's how I wrote my first book. And so had I always thought I wanted to be a writer? Yes, but it showed itself to me through different things. And mm. so for those out there who want to get into writing, if you find yourself jotting things down, um, you're a writer. If you find yourself sitting and your imagination is going and you're wanting to put pen to paper or type it, you're a writer and, and mm -hmm. all it takes is you just doing it. Um, that's the hardest thing is doing it. And something that I learned from my writing journey that I'll share with you and everyone listening, get yourself a journal. Um, get yourself a journal and write mm. something every single day to get into that groove, get into that rhythm, and you'll find that it comes. And there's going to be days that you don't have the, the, the juice for it, and that's fine. But as long as you're committing yourself to doing it, you're going to do it. So, you know, like I said, it found itself for me. Like I always knew that I wanted, I was a creative, but I didn't know in which ways. Now y'all see, I do all the things. All right. Yes. <laughs> so like, you know, so I would say even as a writer and a creator, don't limit yourself just to that. Cause writing and what, like writing and producing, writing and podcasting, writing mm -hmm. and directing, writing and styling, whatever you want to do, always have that. And because it always feeds into each other. Ooh. I love that. I always feel like no matter what you do as a creative outlet, I always feel like there are other avenues you can do too. Like there's Absolutely. always, it doesn't always have to like, we were, you're so right when you're saying we can always, we've always been kind of conditioned to put it all in one thing. Like, oh no, you need to be good at football. Oh no, you need to be good at this. You need to be good at that. When really, if you, if you have the passion for it, you can do a lot of different things. Like it's nothing right. that should really stifle yourself. I love that. You may look, you will make me try to, 
Go write some more chapters in my channel. Yes, <laughs> do it. Finish it. I want to read it when it's done. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, it's been a journey. Let me tell you. Well, they're kind of. I'm, I'm kind of curious then. Uh, you know, since you love Marvel the way you do, you love Marvel like I love Marvel. So, yes. do you have any interest in like penning a graphic novel or a comic book one day? Like or maybe a new hero that maybe doesn't have like the representation uh, now or something like that. You look. You can be a Behind the scenes, you can break some bricks. I'm looking. You can break some walls. I'm telling. <laughs> what what I will say is, have I thought about pinning something with superheroes? Yes. Mm. Um, fun fact: I was working on a superhero novel, um, and it was a great idea, and it's fantastic, and it's wonderful. But now that I've gotten into screenwriting, mm. I may or may not be writing a script about something. So we will see. But we love um, a script. We love a know, script. <laughs> I I will tell you, Marvel, like you know, because we love it. Um, there is mm. something magical and really like exciting about superheroes. I don't know what mm. it is. I don't know if it's just they can snap their fingers and do what they want to do. I don't know if it's the costumes because you know I love the fashions. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. And I remember what hooked me was the X Men series in the nineties. Oh, of course. And, you know, like that. Da -da 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 -da. Like, yeah. You know what was going down? Everybody had a title card. They were housewives mm -hmm. before housewives had titles. Yes. Cards. Like, let's talk about it. Like, and let's let's be clear. Storm was Nene. Storm <laughs> <laughs> came swooping in. Rose yes. was there. Jean, you know, like everybody had their little title cards, and yes. Marvel really got me hooked. And so, my creative juices, of course, and how I like Marvel and superheroes, and. Um, yeah, I like I said, I may or may not have a script in the works on something. We will just have to stay tuned to find out. Ooh, I know you know that, that I love that too. And I love that X-Men was your gateway because I feel like for people around like our age, I feel like that was always the gateway for a lot of people. Cause I really didn't yeah. get into the actual comics until I was a little older when I went met my best friend because he mm -hmm. was big into the comics. Like I love the movies, but then I was like, well, that was like early when. Uh, maybe like the first Captain America come out mm -hmm. and he was like no no you gotta start reading the comics too I'm like the comic I don't know about you know I've, it's always been such a stigma about the comics and everything mm -hmm. like that so but then once I picked one up I couldn't put them down and I'm such a uh, focused oh I, I hate using Gemini like I hate using uh, the astrological signs but like I'm such a Virgo in that way that like I have to <laughs> I'm always like, no, if I pick this one up, I got to read the series. Like, I got to see yeah. what happens. I need to know the characters and everything. So Absolutely. I love that. Come on. Yes. I, we need to get a a live action Real Housewives of Wakanda, or Real Housewives oh, okay. of... Okay, listen. <laughs> that's, that's great project. Let's go ahead and go and pitch that, okay? Right? Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm into it. <laughs> I always find that people with, like, resumes as broad as yours mm -hmm. tend to, like, have a lot of pleasure in pop culture and i love that because it seems to be you in your case because you're an avid housewives watcher you know we yes. listen we love the, the pop culture things before we jump like right into the mess because <laughs> it is <laughs> a lot of mess indeed yes. i figured we discuss reality tv then get into marvel a little bit later but yeah. how did you get into housewives like what was your gateway to either reality tv in general or to housewives specifically Wow. Um, so I've watched Housewives since I was in high school, and that's now mm. over 12 years ago to give y'all a little bit of how old I am. Mm -hmm. um, but um, my aunt was in nursing school at the time, actually, when OC's first season had come on. Mm. And I remember my aunt would watch um, OC while she would study. And I like saw, I want to say the first episode that I saw with her 
Joe, something was going on with Joe and Slade because you know they were all of course. <laughs> and I was just so intrigued by it. And I remember really watching the Bravo Network because I then was watching like original Queer Eye. I was mm -hmm. watching, um, I think it was called like, Step, it up, Step It Up and Dance, I think was what was called on Bravo, like mm -hmm. that big competition and things mm -hmm. like that. So I was watching Bravo around that time. And so it was OC season one. So I've been rocking with Housewives since day one. Um, so that's wow. why I know my stuff. So when I'm stepping into these rooms and these conversations, please know I'm not no amateur. I didn't Come jump correct. into Potomac season four. <laughs> I didn't jump into New York season nine. I, I've been with this since day one. So yes. <laughs> that is how I got into Housewives was honestly Orange County season one. I, listen, you don't meet too many uh, tried and true day oneers. I love that. No. <laughs> I got, let me see. I uh, I was a little behind the curve. Not too much behind the curve though. I was yeah. Atlanta season one because I was in college and I just so happened like, I did my schedule around the time like where I could have like certain days off. Like I didn't want to do no school or nothing. I'm just like, oh, just give right. me that day off. So one of those days I was sitting on my couch watching TV, flicking through the channels. And then I came across this white woman in a blonde, like big wig, big blonde wig sitting there at a barbecue. And she's like, I don't want to go and eat chicken at a barbecue or something. Oh, I was like, wait, hey. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is happening right now? And then they right. showed the barbecue. Everybody's mad about it. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. They said they go marathon this show. Let me watch all the episodes. Cause apparently a reunion is coming up. Uh -huh. So I went back and I watched all that. I've been hooked ever since. So then of course I had to, you know, when you're watching the shows, they obviously show commercials for other cities. I'm like, wait, it's not just Atlanta. They got New York. What? OC, mm -hmm. wait a minute, what? So then you had to jump in New Jersey. And, you know, that's the, if you get into Atlanta, then you get into New Jersey. Oh, you, you're hooked. Like, there's yep. no other, yep. that's, that's, that's crack right there. That's, <laughs> that's crack. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this, since we're talking about uh, Atlanta, let's just jump into it. Yeah. The new season has premiered. Mm -hmm. At the time of this recording, we're about we're two episodes in. Mm -hmm. Give me your thoughts just on the season in general. Are you enjoying the season? Do you like this iteration of the cast? Uh, what do you think about Sanya? All of that. Just give me all your thoughts. Yeah. So I will say going into the season, I was a little hesitant. Um, mm -hmm. I think Atlanta has changed a lot from day mm -hmm. one, as all the shows have done. And you all have heard me speak on ways I think that the brand needs to be reinvented as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, I think with Atlanta being one of, the, I, I find Atlanta is one of the pillars of the Housewives franchise, right? Absolutely. Um, Orange County, yes, it got us in it, but that's not what solidified the feuds, right? Orange no. County hit, New York had us interested, right? Because New York was next and we were like, okay, what's going on? Atlanta mm -hmm. came and we were like, oh, this is it. And then it was honestly Jersey that wrapped us in as viewers with the table. Yes. Yeah, season one. And so I view honestly Atlanta as one of the crucial pillars to housewife culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. So we've lost Nini years ago. We've lost Portia and Cynthia after last season. And, you know, coming into this season, I had always said that they needed to do that, that half and half that New York did after season four, where you keep a couple girls and then bring in mm -hmm. a whole slew of new girls. So coming into this season, I was like, We've seen Marlo now for years. Like, I, I was like, okay, we've seen Marlo for years. Sheree is coming back uh, for the third time. Like, I, coming into this season, I was like, I wanted a little bit more new blood. Like, I kind of wanted a little bit more new blood. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say I was pleasantly surprised with the premiere. The premiere really, 
hit like old Atlanta. I felt like it was yeah. like the old funny kind of right into it, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonya, I like a lot. I feel like she's already a shady girl. I feel like she's sitting right in. Oh, yes. <laughs> being a bone carrier, but with wrong information. And then not throwing yourself <laughs> under the bus. Like I was like, wait, Sheree right. training a new bone carrier in training. Get her up to speed. But right. um, <laughs> I, I enjoy her a lot because I did watch her show when it was on television before. And of yes. course, I love the Olympics. Like I watch summer, not winter, summer Olympics. Yes. Um, because it's more exciting for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Track, swimming, yeah. all the, yes. Yes. And so I honestly am enjoying this season so far. However, this is Uh-oh. where my, this is where I'm a little concerned. Um, I think Marlo, my concerns with Marlo being a peach holder. Because okay. I think that now that Marlo has the peach, she's going to do any and all things to keep that peach. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I'm concerned as a viewer, because we know what Marlo is capable of, right? Below and that belt. That, Below yeah. that belt. <laughs> so I don't know how, how we will end the season, right? We heard that her and Kenya have beef coming up. We heard her and Candy. We, mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how we end this season. I think that's where I'm more interested about the season as a whole. Um, so it's going to be interesting. So as a whole already, I'm kind of intrigued. Drew Sador needs to run from Ralph. I'm sorry. Like, please. I tell it. Out of here. Go find like, Derwin. Do something. Because oh, this ain't it. <laughs> that's he. Let me, let, me, let me be clear. That man is a fine man. Okay. Yes, God. However, that man is, is a toxic man. Like, that yes. was. <laughs> and she had to look up the definition of gaslight. And it hit her that she's been being gaslit. I was like, if the writing on the wall ain't more clear. And how he treated her at that dinner, like all she wanted to do was communicate. Right. I, I just, I don't know. It's just really interesting to see. And, you know, we always hear Andy Cohen say like, well, if you have things to hide on the show, like why go on the show? It's like, at the end of the day, we are watching people's real lives. So I'm not going to judge them for being on the show, showcasing their real life. Mm-hmm. And I think as viewers, we sometimes get so wrapped up in like, we really think we know these people, but we don't actually. Mm-hmm. And so watching some of these things play out, my heart just goes out to certain people when, when certain things happen, even not my, my favorites on the show, because everybody's still human, right? Like I don't want right. to see anybody suffer. So watching this play out, like I'm, I'm kind of nervous of how this is going to end up too. But as a whole, I'm enjoying it. I will say the most exciting thing I'm, I'm excited about is to see Candy really work for her peach this season. Like, I think Ms. Burris Tucker, she, she is a smart housewife. She knows how to leverage the brand. She mm-hmm. is doing what she's supposed to do this platform. But what I will tell you, the one thing I don't like about Candy as a housewife is she rides the fence a lot, and no one really calls her out for it. Yes. I can take us back to season three with the whole Phaedra of it all, with the whole pregnancy, she was the one that went back to the girls and was like, right. oh, okay. she came full term and Phaedra mm-hmm. didn't really got a heat for her. She had a heat for Kim. And Kim was like, look, I'm just here with my cigarette at the spa. <laughs> like, I wasn't checking for you. You better check Candy. And then it's like, even from there, the season after when Candy ran back the very rich bitch comment to Kim and the gang. From, mm-hmm. So it's, I feel, I find that Candy is a great housewife, but we really don't see Candy really go toe to toe with people often. Right. We got we got a taste of it season two with her and Nene. Mm-hmm. We got a taste of it at Pillow Talk with her, Cynthia, and Peter. We Ooh. got a taste of it with her and Phaedra a little bit. But I will say the moment we really saw Candy where she could go was her and Kim sitting at that table in season ten. And Who the hell you cussing like, that bitch? <laughs> and, she was like, and she was like, if you can go there, I will. And you know when Candy gets that shake in her voice, you have yes. run. <laughs> so I will say I'm excited to see that. This season is, 
I, I'm going to preemptively say that I am team Candy versus Candy and Marlo, but I'm <laughs> glad that Candy has to um, step up for the, for the peach this season. So I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, I usually tell people don't pick a team beforehand, but I feel like betting on Candy against Marlo is probably a safe bet. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And now that Candy's in the press being like, yeah, you know, Marlo and I made up and how she was saying how Marlo tried to approach her at the OLG party. It mm-hmm. seems that Marlo was the guilty party in this. So I'm going to just side with Candy in it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to side with Candy in the gang and have my yams yes. and cheese <laughs> and just let her roll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my whole thing with... Marlo, mm-hmm. you are absolutely right. Marlo is going to hit below the belt time after time. And what's going to be conflicting for me is I love seeing her in this Monty role. Like yes. seeing her with these boys is just, it's everything we needed from Marlo. Cause we always yes. felt like Marlo was this character that we had like no, no real background on, but seeing her like actually step up with her personal life and becoming a mother figure to these boys, yes. that's everything. But then if you over here constantly, if you're going to be hitting below the belt, like everybody say, you know, we, listen, I don't mind a hit below the belt moment if it's something that's, you know, deserved sometimes. But who, Marlo can tend to, you know, if you go low, Marlo goes to hell. So she I'm does. Not sure. She goes beneath hell. She right. goes to hell with a shovel and just keeps going. Like, yes. I, 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 we're on the same page. It, mm-hmm. It's that confliction of, I love her in the Muncie role too. Like, I think mm-hmm. she really shines in that. And that sometimes I wish people could see themselves on TV before the whole season plays out so they can, like, course correct. Right. Because I think Marlo if she were to really stick to this Monty role and just the conflicts that happened just happened, I think it would be great for her rather mm-hmm. than her making conflict worse. Like, it just is like, like, I even think about season nine, the rumor gate of it all. And it was Marlo at that table who really got it popping. Yes. Yo, are you a lesbian? <laughs> when that was not the words that were said. Like, I right. Like, you know, it's, I think she knows how to poke. Even re- remember in season, I want to say it was three, where she was like, oh, Candy, I heard you have, oh, no, season four, excuse me. Oh, Candy, I heard you have a big pop. Remember that whole big pop up? Yes. Where they had her on the, um, the rate on the bed, what was the bedroom Candy talk? What was the, mm-hmm. oh, Candy Coded Nights, when Marlo was basically saying big pop, a big pop, a big pop, trying to trigger Kim. And yes. Kim, that's not what I said. Like, it's, Marlo knows how to push buttons. And I think that's where mm-hmm. I'm really nervous. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm right there with you. It's like, I don't want Housewives to become a show that it doesn't need to be. Because the drama mm-hmm. makes itself. Like, literally, right. conflict is natural in life. Conflict is just a disagreement and how we align ourselves based off of our feelings and what we feel things should play out and how they should play out. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. It's It, it, oof, it makes me nervous because Marlo, I almost feel like, I think, you know, people, they know how they come across on TV after so long. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like Marlo knows that going into being a peach holder she needs to make hidden below the belt her brand. And I don't know how that's going to work out for her because, you know, sometimes people step in the roles that they don't necessarily be in. We're like, we like you for, we like you for the fashion. We like you for the, the random funny comments. We do like you in the, in the conflict too. Like, don't get it twisted. We do like mm-hmm. the, the conflict, but you know, sometimes when you commit to something so hard, it's going to be hard to get out of there. We see like, Bethany yeah. left New York and then Dorinda committed to that role. So yeah, that's, that's so true. Do you think that, and that brings up a great question for me. Do you think that she's probably going to do it to deflect from her life that she doesn't want divulged, you know, like coming on to housewives, 
now that she's a wife, right? So when you're a mm-hmm. friend of and you're a housewife, there's a difference of like how deep we get. Yes. And with being a friend of, she could pop in, pop out, like do the thing. She doesn't have to get too deep. Whereas now she is a housewife. And that's something with the show that I kind of cringe with the casting because it's like, if this isn't going to be where it's housewives anymore, let's rebrand it. Because right. everybody's single. Like, like this is, if we're going to call it living single, let's call it living single. Right. Um, but like Marlo we have to dive into her love life. And so is she going to use the tactic of being a villain to deflect from that to where she doesn't have to get too deep on her own life? Like, do you think that may be a, a strategy this season? Ooh, I think that's definitely possible. Something I noticed in the first episode, it <laughs> Candy made a comment and it felt like we might've been seeing the beginning stages of why they fall out. She had said something about, uh, someone said something about somebody making money. And then Candy was like, well, we still don't know how you make your money. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like, mm, like that, maybe that little jab hit a little close to home for her. And so maybe Candy thinks that it's jokes for her, but maybe Marlo was like, okay, she coming for me. So maybe I feel like at some point during this season, maybe an innocent joke or what's perceived to be an innocent joke won't be perceived that way by Marlo. And then she's going to go into attack mode. You know, the whole kind of Dorit Kimsley, I feel like you're always coming for me, that kind of strategy. So, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's, ooh. I mean, yeah, I want to see it play out though. I'm enjoying the season. <laughs> it's been refreshing. I know it's about to get popping yes. next week. So I'm ready for that. Ooh. But I, at the, the baby birthday, birthday party. party. Right. <laughs> At our functions, we don't know how to behave. Right. I see myself in the back probably getting a slice of cake, being like, what the hell is going on? Right. <laughs> like, at the child birthday party. At the child birthday party. Like, I haven't even got no uh no ice cream with the no sherbet ice cream with the sprite in it. I ain't got the nothing. Clown yet. didn't even make his appearance right. yet. And y'all sitting at the table fighting. Like, what is going on? Oof, I'm ready to <laughs> listen. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. Last question before we I want to jump to New Jersey. Yeah. Are you gonna drop it with Drew? You know, um, <laughs> this is what I will say. We'll drop it with Drew. <laughs> I am all about entrepreneurship, okay? Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful to to go into different lanes. Like, we see Candy do it. So I'm not going to not mm-hmm. drop it with Drew. Yes. I will say that with presenting things on television, and this is where I think if you're going to go on TV, you have to be very aware of how you can be perceived. Like, if the slightest little detail ain't together, you know production gonna capture it and put it on TV. Mm-hmm. So I think Drew, I feel bad because I'm loving her already in the sophomore season. I'm glad she yes. But baby, the cards are working against you. Your man <laughs> is showing he toxic. Your assistant doing way too much. And drop it with Drew don't look like it got a proper business plan nor infrastructure to be successful. Now, Ooh. I... I'm here for Drew because I think she's a great addition to the show. I think she's oh, absolutely. something new. But with Drop It With Drew, I'm going to need her to get it together because, like, I want her to win. Like, that's with anything in life. Like, I'm all about my mom always raised me. If you're going to do something, don't half-ass it. You do it. Right. So, like, if you're going to do it, do it, you know? So I, I want Drop It With Drew to be successful. I want to see her, you know, nationwide or across wherever with billboards and get a meal plan sent out internationally. Hell, yes. like, Get, I want get, you to come for Jillian Michaels. Yes. Okay. Dethrone her or something like that. Right. You know what you got to do. So, yeah. I mean, will I be dropping it with Drew? No, because I have my own workout plan and regimen. But I wish there you those go. who do drop it with Drew, I wish them well. There you go. Listen, I, I would drop it with Drew, but them portion sizes, they look a little too small even for me. Listen, so, you know, we got to <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> I just need one or two more shrimp, Drew. Just give me one or two more shrimp okay. and maybe I can do it. But them three or four, I didn't listen. I have a bad attitude all day at work. So I'm not <laughs> I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> give me give me your oh, thoughts man. on New Jersey this season. Yeah. I'm at the word New Jersey. Um <laughs> you know, okay, this is what I will say. I think uh, this is what you get when you don't rebrand a franchise when you need to. Um, I think Jersey for me, and people may love or hate what I got to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. I think Jersey for me really lost, lost its excitement. So we got seasons one through four and it was like, oh, okay. What's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. After season four-ish, it got real dark. For me. Like I was like, okay, we got to, we need to shift gears. And I think they yeah. stuck with the family narrative way too long. Like, and I think every housewife show kind of yes. has a niche. Like Beverly Hills is glitz and glam. And like mm-hmm. Atlanta is like the business women of Atlanta and like the stylistas and all things. Miami, you know, we got our beautiful wives and doctors and, and mm-hmm. events. Like there, every city kind of has its niche. And I think when you look at Jersey, it was that family foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have this love hate with Jersey because the fandom, huh, um oh don't get so, me started <laughs> so this season um it, it was much of the same like it wasn't it wasn't really anything different and everyone was kind of hyping it before being like this is historic this is the same cast for like I think they were it was like three or four seasons straight or something yeah. like that and I'm like okay and like I don't right. <laughs> it didn't do anything for me like let's be clear Dolores don't really show us too much about her life and then when they try to get her up on her life, she gets very defensive. If you're going to be a housewife, you got to open up about it. Melissa and Joe, why are we here? Right. Teresa, why are we here? <laughs> Jen, keep her. Margaret and, ja- and excuse me, Margaret and Teresa are the same person. So like, I, I just, very true. I, I have this really weird relationship with Jersey. So this season as a whole, it was just much of the same. I will say I did see Jen in a different light. I really didn't used to care for Jen. Um, mm. But I saw a different side to her this season. And I really started to think about why I initially didn't like her. And I think I initially didn't like her because at the time I was rocking with Melissa and crew. I was like, you know what? Oh, gotcha. And then I was like, actually, but Jen is just the housewife. She's doing the same crap y'all are doing. But because she ain't on your team, mm-hmm. it's a problem. Right. So... This reunion this past week, I, when I tell you these last two reunions have been like me pausing the TV, getting up to do laps and praying because <laughs> the amount of ignorance and just mental backflips that are happening on that stage. Ooh. Like I think about Teresa being like, well, Melissa should have waited till I wasn't pregnant. What? <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I used to be in a, I used to work events. That's not how events go. I have yet to At have all. a bride or had a bride walk into a meeting being like, oh, by the way, my dream date is June 4th, but my sister-in-law is pregnant, so I need to wait till about October. Do you have October 20th on the books? Who does that? Right. Was huh? Teresa going to pay for the wedding? I think so. So, like, it's just Jersey for me, I think I'm at a point with Jersey where they can put them on ice a little bit. I think that yes. Jersey needs to figure out what Jersey wants to do. Show us more of Jersey. We've been in this one location for so long. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of run its course for me, to be honest. And I hate to say that. It was kind of what happened with um, OC. Like, OC, really, even after this past season, I still think they need to get some things together within casting. Yes. But Jersey has just kind of run its course for me. I think the issue, again, with Jersey is that we still have Melissa and Teresa. And as long as we have those two, it's going to be the same crap 
over and 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 over again. Exactly. We're going to always hear Teresa say, they came on my show behind my back. We're going to hear Melissa say, no, we didn't, blah, 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 blah. It's like the state, that's where the, it just, I can't. So mm -hmm. I'm just hoping part three reunion is quick, fast, done. Like we, we get, we get to the end. It's over. It's just frustrating. Like the whole, this week, um, when, when the whole situation happened with Jen and Melissa, where mm -hmm. Jen pointed out clearly, and I'm glad she clocked production. Because production sometimes doesn't show the whole truth, right? Mm -hmm. I think back to Potomac, and I hate to go to dark waters, but I don't mind going there with you. But <laughs> Potomac of it all with the rumor, right? We clearly mm -hmm. saw Candace's live, but they didn't show Candace's live on TV. They just showed Monique and Chris's. So it's mm -hmm. like, if you're going to show a picture of something, show the whole picture. That's who I am as a communicator. Yes. I have to show the whole picture. So it's unfair to allow or want your audience to then side or, or, or pick what entertainment they want to digest if you're not giving the whole picture. So when Jen came out with her receipts and she was like, Melissa started it, but Melissa was pissed that she said crooked. They were mad that she said crooked. But then when Jen pointed out that they started and Melissa was like, that it's a social media war. This is what this is about. Okay, so then why are you mad? Like it just is like right. <laughs> like it just is the same. It's just them arguing about the same shit on both sides. I just I just can't. I I, I can't. Always. Yep. It literally at this point. Oh God. It always tell people like if you're gonna consume Jersey, you just kind of have to know that going in, everybody is wrong. <laughs> like yep. there's no nobody literally. is ever right about anything. Just go in knowing that they're wrong, and you might enjoy it a little bit more because this I I've been very vocal about this iteration of a cast was a great cast when they first like got them together. Yes. It's a lot of the same now. It's like, what new are y'all arguing about? It's just like, we know Margaret's on this side with her crew. We know Teresa's on this side with her crew. What else are we doing? If y'all are going to keep this family dynamic, I advise either one or two things. Either get rid of it by getting... Listen, Teresa's going to drive the ship a whole lot better than Melissa. So get rid of Melissa and add some new cast, maybe two new cast members to replace her. Or you got to add in another family member to really spice this shit up because right. what are we doing with this same... Melissa versus Teresa every year, and then them trying to pretend like they don't hate each other when we all know they right. do. Like it's fine. Like who are y'all trying to impress? We we okay with y'all hating each other? It's all right. right. It's, We're not it's in the, the narrative. Family. It's the narrative <laughs> right. of the TV show. You know how Bravo typically oh. like whenever after a reunion, right? And we go to the the episode one of the next season, and they're like. You know, we didn't we didn't speak to her since the last time we were all together. Baby, right. just say the reunion. We right. know y'all the reunion. Like that's the issue with these shows is like they try to play into these narratives of like, oh well, no, Teresa and Melissa, mm -hmm. it's okay if y'all don't like each other. I think honestly, I'm in the, I'm in the camp of get rid of them both. I think that Teresa with Louie, she's not gonna want people to keep digging. Unfortunately, baby, the stories are out there. I remember being yeah. in the clubhouse last year when the bomb was dropped. Okay, I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So I know and knew of things before the season even rolled out. Like a lot mm -hmm. of things before the season rolled out. So no, I don't think Marge went on a witch hunt to find the information. The information was there. And I think Teresa mm -hmm. is someone who struggles with accountability. She always wants to be in the right. She never can be wrong. And I just have a problem with that. Like we are not, none of us are perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. We all can be held accountable. We are not above that. And so right. she always expects so much respect, so much loyalty. Yet we see in these moments where she shows she can't be loyal to anybody but herself. Um, and I'm all about putting yourself first, right? Like put yourself first, but we also have relationships in life that are important. We also mm -hmm. have connections that are important. And if you claim to want these things to work out for your brother, 
what, what does that conversation look like? And I think it's pride on both sides because to be quite honest, if I want to repair a relationship, F a reality show, let's rebuild this relationship. I don't have to be a do another season of the show. I can, right. we can, let's work on it because I think that's the issue is they are so wrapped up in the fame of it all. They don't uh-huh. really want to work on their relationship. And I just, even this season with Gia, like I, I there, house children, I'm going to tell you, house children <laughs> is such a divisive conversation. I yes. remember speaking out about Brooks and people try to rip my head off. And then here we are after the season. And they're like, yeah, what did Meredith do? Yeah, I said that week one, but y'all told me I was wrong. Right. So um, <laughs> when it comes to Gia this season, it was interesting seeing how the fandom kind of shaped around that of like, no, she should be allowed to speak her piece and no one should be able to say anything back. Hold up. Okay. I was <laughs> up a child in a child's place. All right. <laughs> so when you are now above 18 and you are inserting yourself into adult business, don't get mad if somebody handles your child with, in, in the grown space, because to them, that is a grown person. That ain't a child, mm-hmm. right? If someone's child comes out to me cursing me out at 18, I'm not just going to be like, let me go talk to your mother. No. Right. <laughs> Listen. I'm going to say, come I, here, look out. Let me talk to <laughs> And I think with that, just watching how that plays out, I'm not the biggest Joe Gorga fan. However, what I will say is I have sisters. And if one of my sisters were to marry a guy who took her down with him, she went to prison because of him mm-hmm. and all of these things, I can still not like the guy. I am right. within my right because also at the same time, their parents were dying. So mm. for Gia to have all this energy to her uncle about facts, right? Like that's one thing about facts of a situation. Two things can be true at the same time. Your yes. uncle could be mad at your dad and you could still love your dad, but you can't get mad at your uncle for the way that he feels and he can't get mad at you for the way that you feel. Yes. Those, those, those things are different. And I just mm-hmm. don't like how people are like, she's within her right to say what she needs to say and blah, 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 blah. I am of the sound mind of baby. Once you have a confessional, all bets are off. So yes. Now, unless you're under the age of 18, because Shannon's kids had confessionals, other people's kids have had confessionals under 18. But once you were 18 commenting on other people, it's a proper form. Like it, right. it, it's, it, it's what it is. So this season as a whole, I mean, get rid of Teresa and Melissa post this and let's see where we are. I will say I did the one thing about this season that I, two things, Jackie sharing her struggles with us, I do think was very important. I think that that yes. is something where I'm glad that she vocalized that and shared that with us because being in the media, being on television, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. And then add that on top of what she was already going through. I'm sure I heightened it a lot, you know, and I'm so glad that she was vulnerable and shared that with us. Um, and brought more awareness. And I think that was very, very important. And then the second thing, Jen really being vulnerable about Bill's infidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that the women went at her, I did not agree with because they were trying to vilify her when it was her husband who committed the act. Really and weird. The people who were leading the charge had an affair in their own life. So it was like, it just doesn't sit well with me, but I think she handled it very well. And that's why I grew to appreciate her because she owned it. She was like, yeah, this happened. And, and that's right. how you, cut, like, that's how you cut stuff. When people come to you with the foolishness and you're like, yes, I did it. And right. What, what are they going to say beyond? Well, um, um, well, my list of reads, let me go put them back. Cause I can't use them no more. Like right. you know, <laughs> Jersey, I hope after this season, they take some time off and really figure out what they want this show to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you even remember uh, Tiki Barber and his wife? I don't even, I don't even know if they was really on the show. Like, I- uh, <laughs> listen, from the moment they said Tiki Barber was joining this show, I, I, that might've been one of the reasons I was turned off by this damn season. I, first yeah. of all, wasn't she at the reunion? 
Didn't she buy her a little brown dress? And no, it was it was gold. It was gold. Oh, gold. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. She okay. Was, she was giving us like a wet. Remember the ring? Had a girl had her hair down. Yeah. A bit, but she gave us a nice part, so it like came. And then she had that gold dress on, and they put her in a black seat. We haven't seen her yet. Like I, I about to say, did she get cut or? <laughs> oh, she got. Well, <laughs> I guess we got to tune in to see, huh? Oh boy, we will have to see next week. <laughs> Last thing before we get out of the the hellscape of Jersey. Yes, <laughs> we we all know the real reason. I don't know why I was so interested in this little bit of it, but we all know the real reason Dolores wasn't invited to Teresa's engagement party was because Dana was mm. there and was a big part of it mm. do you was this a smart move for Teresa to be like okay I want peace at this event or whoever you know she said somebody else threw it for so was it a smart move for that person or was that a bad friend where do you fall on that <laughs> so um first of all if Teresa was about that life she wouldn't blame that someone else planned it for her like if you're gonna say mm-hmm. I'm not inviting you for something you have that conversation but also I am of the sound mind of I have friends that typically all get along. None of my friends have really clashed. Right. Like, I choose to surround myself with people. We're all perfectly imperfect, working on ourselves and just wanting to be the best that we can be. Shout out to my circle. Um, (laughs) So I I surround myself with like-minded people. And we don't don't always agree on everything, but because we love and respect each other enough, it causes Mm -hmm. a conversation through the conflict. And that's what I love about it, right? Um, And so for Teresa to kind of pussyfoot around that, like, oh, she wasn't invited because Dina was there, at least give her the option to vote. Hey, Dina, this is a momentous occasion for me. I'm getting married again. Um, I do want to invite Dolores. I know y'all may not be cool. Same thing for Dolores. Hey, Dolores, give them the option. Let Uh them decide. For me, what it feels like, I know that's what we're being told. I feel like it's something else. Like, I feel like, Mm. I feel like it had to be something else. So Dina and Dolores don't like each other. Okay, cool. But like, what would have happened if they were both there? Like, what like because we know that Dolores still talks to Caroline Dina Mm -hmm. does not so I mean listen this is the thing if Jersey wanted to do a super season next season before they really revamp it they should bring Dina back bring Caroline back Dolores (laughs) Teresa Melissa and out of this crew maybe Jen let Jen and like maybe let Marge be a friend of Shake that mm-hmm. bag and let's see what happens. Because yes. I feel there was something deeper. Like to just say, oh, Dina was going to be there. Like, no, if this is your role dog, if this is the girl that's been on the cast covering your behind and like making sure you good, it, that excuse for me doesn't, I, I don't believe it. I, I feel like, the, I feel like there's more. Like Dina was going to mm-hmm. meet her and like, I, I don't, I don't. Right. I don't. Let me say this. Y'all are doing a Roni legacy. Give me a New Jersey legacy and let's see how long that film Period. <laughs> let's see how long they willing to stay in a room with each other. Okay? Period. Okay. Those are going to all be solo scenes. Okay. Right. Somebody at the beach by themselves. Somebody at the dinner by themselves. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I, I Jersey got that deep rooted history. And I feel like there was Ooh. more to that. And I also feel like it mm-hmm. could have been more to the maybe the Louis of it all. Like Teresa, we know likes to hold grudges and maybe she felt Dolores didn't really defend her. And because mm-hmm. Teresa's not about that life and she knows that Dolores possibly is also coming back on the TV show, she didn't want to say what the real reason was because then she she no longer has an ally. She now has someone that's not really with her. So right. I, I, like I said, I think there's more to it. I think there was more to it. I believe it. 
Are you looking for a cheap way to support your favorite content creator? You know who I'm talking about, the content creator that you happen to be listening to now. Yes, guess what? I'm on Buy Me A Coffee, or in my case, Buy Me A Beer, okay? Go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash realitycomics2, the number two this time. Yeah, they said it was too long, yada, 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 whatever. Listen. I work hard to put out these two podcast episodes every single week to run the Instagram account, to do the polls, the stories, the uh, 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 everything else in between. Any support that you guys give me, I always appreciate. So if you're tired of uh, me constantly soliciting uh, ratings and reviews, then just buy me a coffee. I love you for it. Mwah! I want to like kind of quickly touch on the the Beverly Hills of it all because hey. we only we're only one episode in. Good mm-hmm. premiere. Who was your star of the premiere episode? <laughs> Garcelle. Uh, Always. It was the, the <laughs> that Erica scene. I'm gonna tell you something about Erica. She gives me mystique vibes. Erica <laughs> is trying to charm and and shape shift her way out of this narrative. Garcelle was like. One plus one equal two, baby. You telling me it's 81. Right. Something, right. Like, <laughs> and even when Garcelle was like, are you gonna apologize to something for what? For what you said? What exact what words did I use? Girl, like we ain't got the tape. Like, right. Tape. So I I appreciated Garcelle. And this is something that a lot of housewives do, i.e. Kyle, when put under pressure, they always flip. They always like they always they, they agree always with that back. person. Yep. Mm-hmm. And but I appreciated Garcelle sticking true to what she knew, what she believed, but she still was respectful about it. Like right. she didn't go in on Erica. You kind of mm-hmm. felt like this was the boundary, like this is much I'm talking about Sutton, like this is what it is. And we even saw her tell Sutton, I'm gonna tell her this. And she did. Like, so Garcelle is showing to be consistent. At first, when Garcelle mm-hmm. joined the show, I was a little hesitant because I was like, I don't know how she's going to say it. And she was riding way too hard for Denise. And I was like, girl, I, (laughs) but now I'm like, okay, Garcelle, you're showing consistent. So Garcelle was a standout for me. (laughs) Some people may not like this. Sutton. Um, Of course. Sutton was a standout. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you why. People may call her insensitive in that moment. I don't think it was insensitive. Mm. Last season, they crucified Sutton for every little thing that she said. Every single thing. So no matter what she was going to say about Dorit, if it didn't come out how they wanted it to come out, it was going to crucify her. So right. I mean, in that moment, like, I think she did great of, like, moving around the issue because at the time, in real time, what they were saying was, like, I guess the information was still coming out. So mm-hmm. we saw how they treated her last season, especially Kyle being the person to talk to Sutton, then run it back to Erica to clearly run her under, like, so mm-hmm. I didn't mind Sutton not really touching on the, the, the Dorit of it all because I think that was very smart on her part. Because again, like she was damned if she did and she was damned if she didn't. And mm-hmm. I I would, if I were in her shoes, I wouldn't want anything to get misconstrued again. So, and um, I that? will say to round up my trifecta of a standout from last night, uh, Miss Crystal Kaminka. Listen, that yes. trial card with that hair swoop. Yeah. Like, coming for the girls this season. So, our newbies are, are who really stood out for me. I'm about to say, that's my, that's my little team. I, I love that little. If they yep. just all get on, like if they can, if Garcelle and uh, Sutton can get Crystal to like just be right there with them, it's I think, over. I think we might get that from the preview of, of Sutton, not Sutton, excuse me, Crystal and um, Erica kind of, you know, budding. So mm-hmm. it might, it might, 
it might be that way. So yeah, those were my standouts. What'd you think? Who were your standouts from last night? Was it the team two? Exact the team. same. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the squad. Yes. The squad. I need a shirt that says you need to get your team to help you out, you know, courtesy of people. Right. You know, but like, <laughs> yeah, that squad. That's I, I enjoyed them. I will say though, I don't know how you felt, but the Dorit last night of it all, it really I was very uncomfortable watching I that. Was gonna um, ask. Yeah. I was very uncomfortable. Um just because of how it was shot. And and this is something that I think we lose when we're watching these TV shows, we become so desensitized to a lot. Like Mm -hmm. we are currently living in a very, to be honest, scary time in America yet again. It's like history is repeating itself as always. And like, you know, when we hear of news, you know, recently Roe v. Wade, or let's say we hear of a school shooting or we hear, we've become so, so conditioned to be like, oh my God, that's sad. Okay. onto the next thing. Right. Right. Keep scrolling. Right. So to know that this traumatic experience was holding the entertainment, I'm like, ah, that already kind of gave me a little pause. Like even how they started the setup of the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. What I will say, and y'all that are listening, y'all can disagree. Y'all can agree. I know what I'm about (laughs) to say. There were moments of it for me that were very contradicting. I didn't know how to take it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you're saying, I left the alarm off because my kids wanted to go downstairs. Your kid's going outside in the middle of the night? Right. Why would you set the alarms for the house? Especially if PK wasn't home. Right. So this whole jet lag and this and that, like that, that part of the story, and again, she's going through a traumatic experience, so maybe she's not remembering things correctly in, in chronological order, and that's mm-hmm. a possibility. But to say like, oh, I left the alarm off because my kids like to go downstairs, if I know that I'm about to be asleep and I'm tired, why would I want my kids to be outside unsupervised? Especially if we got a pool. Right. It's so, a lot. So that that kind of struck me odd. And then the fact that they had to go to Kyle's, right? You just went through this traumatic experience with your children. And you were you were freaking out at Kyle's house, rightfully so now, that a mm-hmm. dog is barking outside to your trigger, right? Mm-hmm. But you're waiting for PK to come there. Where's y'all kids at? Like, what? why did you, I don't, like I said, there were some moments that were very contradicting about the whole ordeal that I was like, this doesn't, I was already uncomfortable watching it, but then it just made me even more uncomfortable because what she was saying and what she was doing were very different. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know how to take it because it feels like they're introducing this now and then the next, the rest of the season, they're going to just glaze through, Right. Right. And it just, it just sits a little odd. And then even them being like, um, so PK, I hate to ask, but are you all going to be able to make Harry's party? And he's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. Let's rewind. Your <laughs> wife just had a moment where she couldn't even tolerate a dog barking. You're telling me y'all about to go to a party, walk a red carpet, click, click, click. Camera's going to be there. All these people. I don't know how to take this. So I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to take it. Literally, I so this has been the subject that I've been most like icky to talk about because I was mm-hmm. definitely I was going to ask your thoughts because I did I saw on social media people are divided like yeah. some people feel like they're like okay like what am I watching then uh, you have the other side that's like you know we don't know how someone processes grief and you know these kind of traumatic that's behaviors true. so I, I'm just so conflicted because I have the same kind of questions you do I'm like oh that's so odd but. Then again, child, the most things that the housewives do is odd to me. So, you know, yeah, so, that's, hey, very true. <laughs> right. Very, very true. So very I'm just true. like, I don't, I, this is 
this is one of the few times like in Housewives history where I just like literally didn't know how to process some. I'm like, right. What, what, how, you know, I'm, I'm just asking all the who, what, when, where, and why. Like, right. why is this? And I don't like, know. And, when he left her on the bench outside by herself, I'm like, ma'am, I, oh, it just, yeah. I was sad to see her in that moment, but I'm like, sir, if your wife just went through the traumatic experience, take her back inside with you to get the phone. Like, right. It, it just, it didn't, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't know how to take it. Like, it was just, I don't know how to take it. Like, I, I, I don't even know how I feel about it. I don't, like I said, it just feels, I feel bad for her because uh-huh. this happened, right? It just still, I, I just don't know how to take it. Like, it just, it just, the after of it all, it just doesn't, the puzzle pieces don't fit for me. Like, right. we're having this whole moment at, we got to go all the way to Kyle's. Granted, their house could have been a crime scene. And I do think about, like, how do you process grief? How do you go through these things? How do you manage it? And I wish Dr. Monica was here. I wish I could, like, phone a friend in and be like, Dr. Monica. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, but it's like, how do you then, because I think about when I go through traumatic things and think that people are different, right? But like, if I'm saying I went through this, I still got to talk to the police and clear all this stuff, help them with an investigation and still film and filming. Y'all, I got, look, my lawyer, I got to call my lawyer. I'm about to get out this contract. I got things I got to focus on. Right. I just don't know at what cost is it worth this? You know, like, right. like our, to rush, like, and I think about healing, because to be honest, I just went through grief, right? Completely different situation, but like, I'm still grieving. I, I lost two granddads back to back recently. And so- I'm sorry. I think about th- thank you. It's, it's healing every day, one, one day, you know, at yes. a time. In front mm-hmm. of the other, all I can do, right? And so I'm still on my own journey and I have moments that I fluctuate, right? And I think about that journey of being like non-linear and, and, and what that means. And like, I think about if I would have forced myself to do something that I didn't want to do, I'm not doing it. I'm already right. mentally capped, right? When you're mentally capped with stuff, something that you're now being forced to do, you're like, I ain't about to do that. Like, I, look, I ain't showing up today. Demote me, the friend of. Can I pop right. in? Like, let me, <laughs> I, just think that I can understand why people are so divided because we all go through trauma and we all process it differently. And so we're all speaking from our own perspectives. But I think in addition to that, what's being shown to us is still kind of contradicting the that too so it's it's very hard to be able to work through and identify and say oh okay I can relate to this oh okay I can understand this it's just a lot is happening and so like I said I just don't know how to take it right this so uh, it's a lot because it might just be a part on the editors like what they're choosing mm-hmm. to show us and mm-hmm. it, it's a lot so yep. we'll the read we just go and you know okay last prayer. last little thing right we keep her in prayer the thing that really struck me odd you touched on was them going to Kyle's house I'm so, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what it is, but like, we're so conditioned to like go to the person that's, you know, having this experience or grieving or whatever the case may be and surround them with love as opposed to like having them come to you. So I don't know, it's, it, that might just be a cultural thing. I don't know what it yeah. is. But it's- and we saw, and I mean, to give them a little credit, although the the, the, the faux five, I, I give them credit where they can, but <laughs> right. it did go to her. Like we saw them in their non-makeup, but to your point, why are mm-hmm. you coming, y'all? Like, if this is someone who is telling you as your friend, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, okay? I am afraid, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that we saw her at Kyle being like, Kyle, what, why is the dog barking? Why? Like, meet her where she feels safe. Right. Her, and why is it this grand production? Like, mm-hmm. I would much prefer to walk in and all my friends are in sweats and tennis shoes. And, like, we got pizzas or something. And they, like, come sit down. We about to put right. on a 
Potter movie. Girl, we got you a strong <laughs> drink. Like, do what you need to do. Exactly. I think that's where the, the, I think it has to do with the television aspect of it all. And I think mm-hmm. that's where we have become so, again, conditioned to be so desensitized to things that we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like, but no. And what world, could you imagine, like, I'm going to use myself as an example, when my granddad passed away, oh, y'all, I got to go head out and film, um, I got to go do this scene real quick because they want to know what's going on. So I got to sit and like, let them know. Like, I can't imagine removing right. myself from where I need to be to go sit for a couple of hours. Cause we know that went a smooth hour. Right. I was waiting for my husband to get there, rehash all this trauma, probably reshoot the scene. If I didn't say something correctly. Right. Then, it's a lot. Like, yeah, I never understand it. I'll never understand it, but it'll be I mean, interesting to see how this play out. I, that's yeah. And if it's, if, oh no, this, I can't imagine this, like, because obviously we barely even got this in the trailer. So obviously they're going to be focusing on other things. So I don't know. We just, we go keep you lifted up in prayer to read it. Yes. We'll just see how this season shake out. Yep. Let's move over to some, some, some happier topics. <laughs> Let's, uh, what did you think about Moon Knight as a that whole? That was happy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> now that, that I think that, about that, it, Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. Let's talk about <laughs> All right, like that. Um, yeah. Moon Knight. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, Oscar Isaac. Lord have mercy. Can we have a moment of silence for that fine man? Just Hallelujah. Mm. Okay. Oscar Amen. Isaac is truly like that man. Ages like fine wine. Okay. Yes. Um. And so I was excited to see him step into this role. I love. Mm-hmm that they really introduce again, disassociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, I became familiar with that disorder from the TV show, The United States of Terra, uh, with Tony Collette yes. on Showtime. Um, and so although watching television doesn't fully educate you, it's nice to bring awareness. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was great to see how Marvel is really trying to be very inclusive with the properties that they're introducing. And so mm-hmm. Moon Knight as a whole, um, out of five, I'm going to give it a three and a half. And this is why I thought okay. it was interesting. There were definitely engaging moments. It suffered from the same issue that I gave Loki. There was way too many episodes. Um, they they stretched it where they didn't need to really stretch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it w- it was one of those things where even with the finale, you're like, oh, that was it? Like, it, it was like, oh, well, damn, that was quick. Like, right. <laughs> you know? So, and there were some pl- certain plot holes where I felt, can I speak on that? Can I, can I talk about, can I, can, I hope the people watched it. Cause I'm going to just go ahead and just do Oh it. yeah. Oh, this um, is a, a spoil, a, a get it spoiled zone. Here we go. Just so y'all so know. <laughs> it was, it was really interesting because one of the issues that I had was Harrow's character. And I, and I love mm-hmm. a good film, right? We see him go from judging people. And I remember earlier on, I was like, first of all, how was he out here judging souls and sending them to, to wherever and the Egyptian gods ain't got no issues with it. Like, they have to know somebody doing something, right? right. If, he's using, if he's using Amit's power, that got to have a power trace, right? Like, th- so why is it that Khonshu, I get it, y'all don't like Khonshu, but, like, somebody has to know that Amit's power is being used. And then, like, he right. was walking around. He was sending souls left and right on a day-to-day basis. Right. Like, are all the gods sleep? What's happening? Yeah, it just, that, that bothered me. And then even in the finale... Uh, with Harold's character, excuse me, two episodes for the finale where he shoots um, Mark. I'm like, hold up, homie. How you shooting him? It, we need the explanation of how you allowed to do this and not be judged by Amit yourself. Like, I get he's walking on the glass for penance. I got that. But it's like, we need a proper explanation, baby. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So it, there were moments that I was like, eh, like the runtime really 
But I will say as a whole, I'm glad that we are introducing different things into Marvel to really expand yes. the universe and the world. And Moon Knight, I have a feeling might be crossing paths with Blade and with Dane from Eternals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're headed with this. And so I'm maybe if we get a that. Punisher at some point, I mean, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, like, I do enjoy Marvel shows and I do enjoy Marvel properties. Y'all know me. I'm a Marvel nerd. And shout out to This World is Such a Marvel Club. That's my crew. That's my people. I met them on Clubhouse. We are a family. We do a lot of Marvel content together. That's how kind of how um, I discovered you because I think yes. it was Stephanie, our friend Stephanie, told she was like, you got you to gotta go into Brandon's room. And I went in one and I was like, okay, this is it right yes, here. Yes, <laughs> that is the crew. We all have like our own niche within um like the content, like I do my Marvel Hangover Tuesday. This is a little hiatus mm-hmm. right now because I've been moving across the country. But um, when once I'm done with this movie, it'll be back. But yeah, we all kind of focus on the different lanes. And where I really thrive in is like Marvel tying into pop culture, but also like the 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 writing behind it. Because as a writer, for me, I can sit and watch something and kind of gauge where the writer's room was. Like it's like this really cool like superpower, if you will. Like I can mm-hmm. sit there and be like, okay. I can see them doing this because of this, or why did they do this because of this? And like this was, and it's really fun to play with it because WandaVision, and that's how I found the crew. When WandaVision was out, I was sick with COVID last year, like OG COVID. Mm. And oh, wow. someone had given me the uh, a, a recommendation for Clubhouse. And remember, you had to be invited at the time. And yes. I went into the rooms and I just stumbled in, and people were talking about WandaVision. I was just popping my shit, talking my Marvel stuff. And they were like, oh, wait, he knows his, like, he knows what he's talking about. And that's how I like to see. Yes. And so here we are with Moon Knight, and I'm excited to see where they go with this. I just, it felt kind of striking the pan. It felt very, like, mm-hmm. I felt the impact would have been more if we had four episodes. Um, and we really went there. Like, I really wanted them to go there. Like, I really yeah. want, we, we now have the ratings on Disney Plus, go there. Like, if you need to go there. And so yeah. I am glad with what we got. I just think that now we need to see where these characters live beyond. So I'm actually glad that you mentioned Loki because I think as of right now, probably Moon Knight and Loki are two of the more lower ones on my list. Like, mm-hmm. you know, overall, like good binges, but right. week to week, I think they really kind of suffered. Yeah. So I, I I will say I loved Moon Knight episode one. It really hooked me. Yes. In. I was like, okay, loved that. Loved episode five. I thought that was a great way to like yes. explore the trauma and like what, uh, how he caught, you know, how Woo. he developed his DID. All of that, I loved all of that. Finale was a miss for me. Mm-hmm. Finale had a lot going on, but not enough going on in right. a real, real short time frame. So it was all kind of right. Really, so it, 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 you know what? It kind of suffered like Game of Thrones did. It's like Game of Thrones. You were perfect for so long, and, and now I almost don't season. want. Yes, I almost don't want to rewatch because of the finale. It's like okay, yeah, I'm I'm good on y'all for a while. So with Loki. Loki was a little too convoluted for me because it, it it threw a lot. It's like okay, it's like, on it. Yes, it's like okay, we we getting this, so we know that we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of things dealing with the multiverse and timelines going forward. But it's like you threw like eighty seven new terms for not just me. Like I okay, like me, I'm I'm such a diehard fan. Maybe I'll start jotting stuff down and kind of seeing where it connects to comics and stuff like that. I, I might do that the average viewer who just like loves the the superhero movies and wants to get into this stuff you've now thrown sacred timeline multiverse uh yeah all this stuff at them at the same time and it's kind of like okay now i'm a little confused going into dr strange because it seems like y'all are using words similarly but then not and then you're right it was a lot and then the finale wasn't even like 
I love, let me be very clear. I love Jonathan Majors. I'm going to yes. love him as Kang. I love all of that. But it didn't seem like a finale for that show. It almost seemed like its own kind of thing. So like the a movie. Whole, it was like a movie. It right. was like it, it felt different. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you a lot. I think Loki for me, um, I'm not the biggest Loki fan, first of all. I'll be very upfront with right. you. And it Same. has nothing to do with Loki as the character. It's because of the fandom that follows Tom Hiddleston. And yeah. I'm I'm someone, and you all have heard me speak about this. I'm not a bandwagon boy. So mm-hmm. I am someone who takes my time to watch things and, and like it or dislike it for my own reasons. Like, I hate when people are telling me, like, you have to watch this. It's so amazing. And then I watch it. And I'm like, that was not amazing at all. Right. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to fandoms, I find that they can kind of uh, make the waters a little uh, murky because they don't know how to properly watch certain things and then process it and, like, really know what's happening. They just care about that actor. And they don't care it. to critique anything right. at all. And so with Loki, I was already hesitant. Um, and you're right. It was a lot of information, but I felt it was very monotone. I got that was supposed to be the vibe of the, of the TVA. Mm-hmm. But if you're educating us like we in school, you got to make it a little exciting. And I think there were so many topics between Loki where it was like multiverse, variant, TVA, Miss Minutes, end of time. Who is this? It's Sylvie, but it's Sylvie. Like they went too far within a short amount of time expecting everyone to pick up on it. And I really wish they were consistent with weaving the messaging into the movies because where they kind of yes. left us in Loki was like, oh, so they wrote the multiverse. Then it was like, oh, it's Spider-Man. Okay, so it's broken. And right. then and it was like, wait, wait, what? Like, so I feel like they built up a lot on Loki and it really didn't do anything. And it was just like, oh, that happened. Um, I don't think it needed a season two. I feel like where they left it, if that's where it's going to be, it's going to be that. And I really wish, and I hate to say this, because I don't want to take anybody's paycheck. I think Tom Hiddleston does a great job for what he does. I wish at the end of Loki, we got a new Loki to really solidify mm. to viewers to understand variants. Like, okay, yes. our Loki is now gone. This is now Loki. And I think that would have started helping people really understand moving forward before we got to Spider-Man and Multiverse Madness. You know what? I I never even thought about that. That's an absolutely great suggestion. And one of the things that's really kind of baffling to me, because we're going to talk about Doctor Strange too. Yes. The way they set up like the multiverse and everything in Loki had me thinking that, okay, at some point in this movie, the TVA is showing up. Like Hunter B-15 is going to come through trying to see what's going on. Right. Like Slayer, like some, I thought something was going to happen to, because obviously that was the next step in my mind. But then I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot going on. Does the TVA even need to be involved in this? Or, you know, so I, I, I felt like Loki set me up to have a lot of questions before going into this movie. And I was almost kind of nervous about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's just really weird. But, uh, so overall you kind of, I'm guessing you think that, uh, Moon Knight, maybe we'll see Midnight Suns or something like. It kind of sounds like you're uh, I feel like action. <laughs> I, I feel like we'll get Midnight Suns, but I don't think it's gonna be right away, and they they may not even right. call them that. I think we will get a lot of crossover with them. Um, mm-hmm. The I think with Blade, I have a feeling they're gonna set it in the UK um, because mm. the end of at the end of Eternals, I that was Blade that yep. is, that you know comes in so. I'm wondering if that's where it'll take place versus New York. So it'll be interesting to see where it all shakes out. But I, I definitely think that they're going to all cross paths for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump to Doctor Strange because that, I Woo! mean, <laughs> <laughs> just give me, I, I want a rating from you. What, what mm. Scale of, what should we do? Let's do one to 10 because that's a little broader. 
what do you give this movie? And give me some of your kind of just general. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a seven and a half, eight out of ten. I never give anything a perfect score. Okay. There were right. Moments, but as a whole, I mean, first of all, I'm gonna be very, very honest. The first Doctor Strange movie before it even came out, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna see this. I was like, I don't know, like whatever, because I knew Doctor Strange was a character, and I was kind of mm-hmm. like pissed that they picked Benedict Cumberbatch. Nothing against him, but I'm like, y'all could have, you know, casting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw the movie and I was like, you know what? I take my words back. I own that movie now. I was like, this is one of the best Marvel films, period. The mm-hmm. effects, the storyline, like it, it really hit for me. I and always so- tell people that for me, uh, well, I had to think about like some of the newer stuff too, but I always say that like Black Panther and Doctor Strange were two of the most visually beautiful yes. movies that I've ever seen. Like, truly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I was excited for Benedict. Like, he's been kind of sitting in the wings. Like, we had him kind of pop in in No Way Home and things like mm-hmm. that. But I am glad we got this sequel. And I remember when they first announced it was going to kind of be like a horror-esque. I was like, I'm a horror boy. Like, I love horror movies. So, like, I was here for it. And so coming into this film, especially at the end of WandaVision last year, I was like, where are we going? And right. we went (laughs) that we started and did not stop like it was on I was like oh we start oh we started oh it's going Mm -hmm. like and it was a good ride it was all over the place for me because it was like a nice scary fun exciting like what's about to happen ride Mm -hmm. um and I enjoyed it I think it was great to see Wanda really get to be the Scarlet Witch I feel that this movie really did what the X-Men movies couldn't when Jean Grey was going dark. Like, we never really were like, oh, she, okay, yeah, let Jean go ahead, Dark Phoenix. Right. This movie with the Scarlet Witch, she did the thing. She, she. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All yes. I have to say is, what mouth? Okay. Right. Like, <laughs> like I, I've been saying that. That needs, to, like, that needs like, to be the answer now. Whenever somebody asks people, like, what that mouth do, what mouth? What mouth? Just, <laughs> what, <laughs> going forward. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good ride. And I think that it was really, it really wrapped up some storylines for us, right? Like Dr. Strange and Christine, we really got to flesh that out more and give us a, some closure that we can actually walk away from being like, you know what? Makes sense. Got it. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things that she's the one that got away, but they also weren't good for each other in the long run. And like, at the end of the day, they both respected that. Um, Wanda, we got some closure with too. And it breaks my heart because Wanda is a character that I'm going to always root for. I always root Absolutely. for Wanda because from day one, homegirl has been handed grief. Like she rolls into grief time after time mm-hmm. after time. And I think her character arc in this really just showed us like when someone has had enough and it's like, why isn't it my turn? Why is it that when everyone else wants what they want, it ain't a problem, but it's mm-hmm. a problem when it comes to me. So yep. <laughs> how about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was great to see her have fun as a villain. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, when they showed the Illuminati, everybody in my theater was cheering. I saw one of my friends and she was like, I'm so excited. And I was like, girl, you know they're about to die, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because we knew yes. like, we knew Wanda was about to come in and shake it up. And oh yes. It was really great. Today I'm wearing my denim jacket in honor of America Chavez with my little pie. Yes. Um, I was excited to see America come in. I was excited that how they mm-hmm. her. And I think we got just enough. And I think they are gearing up Young Avengers very, very well. I think yes. that they are doing it very well. And honestly and truthfully, although I love Wanda, 
baby, I was here when Miss America gave her one of them. Like, she was like, <laughs> this is what you want? I said, go. Yes. Yes. And yes. I love that her way of, like, quote, unquote, defeating Wanda was to outsmart her. She, you uh-huh. know, she didn't, it wasn't a thing of, like, no, we're going to give this character the bigger power and we're going to, you know, punch her into another. No, it was literally, let me show you how you acting right now. Uh-huh. Let me, you looking kind of crazy in these streets. Let me show Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And, and I love that. You know what it brought me back to was the scene in the movie where they walked through the memory thing. Yeah, and, and it hits and you and I think that's what she did for Wanda was like mm-hmm. let me show okay here let's go on and show you what you really what you really think and I think the movie itself it really it brings up a lot of great topics of grief and processing and like figuring out who you are and like it's okay to not be okay and I think the thing about Wanda was she never really had anybody because everybody mm-hmm. that had left due to ways of dying And this is a woman that we've seen struggle with that. And she's trying and trying and trying. And it just was unfortunate. And something I think that people forget too, and I I call this way before the movie, there is in somebody clubhouse replays rooms. I was (laughs) like, I wonder going into this movie, are we going to see something similar that we saw in Shang-Chi? Where in Shang-Chi, Lin Wu was being used by the Dweller in Darkness. Yes. Whereas in this, Wanda was being used by the Darkhold. Because mm-hmm. Wanda's powers would allow her to take over the multiverse. Like, mm-hmm. she's the most powerful. And so I, I, I hope people walked away from this movie realizing that, like, oh, crap, that's why she defeated and got rid of the dark hole Because she right. realized, like, what it was doing. Because, yeah, Wanda was broken and, and sad and, and whatnot. But it wasn't until that after credit sequence. I just finished rewatching WandaVision right before this. It wasn't yes. until that after credit sequence where she hears Billy and Tommy calling out to her that mm-hmm. sets her off on this journey. So... And that was by way of the dark hole. So it was yep. really interesting to see that parallel as well in this movie. I'd love that. One of the things, <laughs> so with Wanda specifically, I'd, I'd, I've always kind of rooted for her to be like, whether it was a big bad or, or villain, a movie villain, whatever the case is, I've always rooted for that because Scarlet Witch is one of my favorites in comics. Yes. And like, I was one of the people... I'm a lot more lenient with the MCU than like some people are. Some people are like, no, you need to do this, you need to do that. I'm a lot more like, tell your own story. So right. I knew that like, it felt like in the beginning they were like kind of holding her powers back, but I'm like, no one's even referred to her as the Scarlet Witch yet. So we can't expect her to be like this just incredibly power. We see that she's right. still struggling to get her powers under control and stuff. So like, let her character have this journey. So when we got this movie, that was dream realized for me. I was incredibly Good. happy. And for y'all, for y'all that don't know, in the comics, the dark hold has never worked out for anybody. So, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we right on track with this. I, I love yes. everything about it. I think I gave it this movie as a whole. I think I came out of it. So I saw it once with my friends. Mm-hmm. Really, 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 really liked it. Then I saw it again by myself and was actually just you know when you see it again, you don't yep. have any preconceived notions, right? You know what's gonna happen, and you can just actually enjoy the film for what it is. I liked it even more than I did the first time. And I saw it in 3D too. So I think yes. for me, I wound up at about an 8.5 out of 10. I think I, yes, I think it's yeah. one of my, it's going to be one of my go-to repeat movies. Like when I'm trying to fall yes. asleep, you know, put a little horror on. I think I'm Oh, wait, now, nah, I don't know if that though. <laughs> it's, it's Wanda going full on horror mode for me. Like right. that, the sequence where she comes out the dog on um the mirror, I was like, I like going full rain. Yeah. <laughs> or or her Professor X, yo. That was just 
he got Oof. got. Um, but like it was, it was such a great movie. It was a fun ride. It was something that Marvel doesn't really do. It, got, it was like a lot of crazy, but in a good way, and they landed it for me. Yes, um, yeah. The only, the only feedback that I had for the movie one. I didn't like the Mordo plot hole for our universe. Like we ended Doctor Strange one and the after credit sequence is our Mordo trying mm-hmm. to rid the world of unnecessary wizards. And this movie, we didn't even see our Mordo. We saw an alternate version. So I'm like, one, does that mean that we're about to get a Doctor Strange three and he's coming back? Like, I didn't like that we didn't get our Mordo. Right. About a bit. Did you notice that too? Like, I was like, okay, like. Uh-huh. Yeah. It felt like. That was one of my big like things too, because I was like, well, I felt like we were being set up for a whole nother, you know, uh-huh. a, a entirely different ride. Now I'm glad we got this journey. That was great, but so it, it's got to be something for a third movie, or maybe even I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be like House of Harkness or what the case oh, may be. Oh, true. Maybe he'll it pop could, up somewhere that else. That could be it. That could yeah. be it. Yeah, Maybe. I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't like that, and I felt like it was like a missed opportunity. Who knows? The storyline could have changed because even when I watched. Yeah. WandaVision today, Billy and Tommy are calling her to help them. But in the movie, they're not. So it's like, I'm wondering if the storyline probably changed with this film. Yeah. Um, And and that could be a possibility where something just had to make the cutting room floor. Listen, give me a three and a half hour movie. I'll sit there. Just give us an intermission. Yes. I'll go and I'll come (laughs) back. Um, and that was like a plot hole that I was like, mm, so maybe they are setting us up for House of Harkness. Um, Mm -hmm. that that was what kind of got me. And then also to I felt the ending was a little abrupt for me. I wanted mm. us to sit on that final scene a little bit, just a little bit longer. Like, mm-hmm. Strange is getting ready for his day. He walks out, ah, and then the movie's over. I was like, okay, that could have sat with us just a little bit more to, to like, nail it. Like, a, yeah. like, you know, like the dark hole, you know, we know that there's some after effects. So I felt like that scene could have little bit been a little bit longer. Um, and I, I just feel like the whole throne, the throne of it all, okay? So... Mm-hmm. We talk about Chathan. Uh, for those who don't know about Chathan, he's a bad man. Demon, yes. <laughs> all the things. Go look mm-hmm. him up. Um, so I, I like that we got his minions, but where he at? Right. And is he still coming? Because I need to so know. So that, yeah, <laughs> that was the thing was like, so essentially is Chathan using Wanda by way of Darkhold? Or was it just Darkhold? Like, that's where I kind of wanted more too, because it kind of felt like a halfway, like, Oh, mm-hmm. they're they're here for me. So okay, that then means yes, Wanda is the Scarlet Witch and she can do all these things. But what it sounds like to me is that Chathan knows that and the way to to control what he wants to control, which is everything, is Wanda. Like I would have mm-hmm. much enjoyed them to flesh it out a little a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so like there were just moments like that where I wanted more, but as a whole, I was here for it. I, I was really here for it. I'm and listen. Sam Raimi, if you want to, when you drop the, the Blu-ray DVD, when you drop okay. it on Hulu, Amazon, whatever, if you want to drop a director's cut, I'm going to watch it. So like, I will buy it. I'm going to put it on the iPod. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it on VT. Come on, Nene. I am here for it. Like, it was a good time, and I saw it in 3D, so that was fun, um, yes. like, seeing it in 3D. But listen, I, can we talk about uh, Mr. Reed Richards real quick? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for the Fantastic Four to come. I think that was like a nice nod because we know that they're coming mm-hmm. and people are speculating like, will he play him? Won't he play them? And I think this movie, to be honest, was a test. I think, you know, the, mm. the fans were wanting it for a while and I think the fan reaction to this will probably dictate where they go with the casting. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they I think they're gonna stick with him. I think there's no reason to break the wheel if it's if it's working. And I think that right. um he did a great job for the, the couple minutes that he did have rest of peace string spaghetti. But um, <laughs> you know, like I I I think it's gonna be exciting to see the Fantastic Four pop up and, and this movie too is setting us up for future things as well, right? So mm-hmm. you know Thor is the next movie coming out. We got Miss Marvel coming next month. Yes. So, we know that things are about to get real cosmic again. So mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, of course, our girl, Charlize Theron, popped up. It's clear. Come on with Atomic Blonde. Come on. <laughs> Come on with the wing purple under the eye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miss Clea comes up, sorceress. Wonderful. Um, but we also know Clea has ties back to Dormammu. So like, mm-hmm. I'm wondering where we're going with this. Maybe that's where Mordo will pop up again. But I'm right. excited where we're going next because now with Strange having his third eye ready um, you know and him not being the Sorcerer Supreme anymore mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit more flexibility of what he will and won't do listen I'm ready for all of it I want it all I listen. wanted to ask people have been asking me I, I felt like we all kind of knew but people have been asking because they're genuinely concerned because you know look Wanda is everybody's girl, okay? Mm-hmm. Wrong or bad. Look, she's like our Teresa. She's, the tree huggers, whether she's wrong or right, they're going to stand up. <laughs> We're going to stick beside her. <laughs> right? I'm going to stand beside okay? Wanda is very much alive still, right? Um, I don't know. I think that... Ooh. I think, is Wanda alive? Yes. Is our Wanda alive? I don't know. Oh, Okay. Um, and if so, I had this thought today when I was watching WandaVision because remember, she puts Agatha in Westview and she's like, I know where to find you if I need you. Yes, so I I think it's a I'm on both sides of it's yes and no. Um, I think that our Wanda, if she is still alive, the next time we probably see her will be probably House of Harkness, her coming back because we also know Agatha plays into the Fantastic Four storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be a connection or it could be because Wanda is now gone, the magic on Agatha is removed, leading Agatha to her own devices. Hence what starts House of Harkness. So right. I'm wondering how they will go with that. So if Wanda is dead in our universe, I think that's what will start House of Harkness. If she is alive, it also could start House of Harkness. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to think that she's dead because we saw the the red light bloop and we -hmm. saw the dark hole be removed. And I don't know. Maybe I think is like I said, is Wanda alive? Yes, but which Wanda? We don't know yet. Oh, and you know what? I'll take any version. Any universe, I'll give it to me. I'm I'm here for it. Yo, that scene when she was like, No, that they will be loved. I was like, oh like that listen, that whole scene, this movie, I think one of the reasons I loved it so much was because it gave me a couple of scenes. Where I was like, okay, that scene might crack my top 10 in the MCU. Like, did mm-hmm. Wanda just slaughtering the Illuminati? Like, wow. That- yep. <laughs> Woo, she came through. Click, click. <laughs> Sis wasn't playing. Sis was not nope, playing. Not and all. I love I love that they didn't, uh, as powerful as Wanda is, they didn't shy away from how powerful Captain Marvel is too. Right. She put up the best fight. And I was like, okay. Yes, they were okay. They yes. were and then the other scene that I know probably some people loved it, some people hated it. I love that music scene where Strange and uh, Other Strange are fighting yes. with the notes. I thought that was the coolest. See, like I enjoyed it too because, mm-hmm. and I spoke to this and maybe you thought of it this way as well. 
I viewed it as them just showing off Strange's power. Because if you think yes. about the whole movie, we see him doing things we haven't seen him do before. So mm-hmm. in the, the fight with Gargantos, we see him use that the hands magic where he like created some other hands that carry the spear, right? Mm-hmm. Also see him um, like do other things throughout the movie where like he's flexing his magic and what he can and can't do. Mm-hmm. So I viewed that as like him just flexing his magic again. Like it was cool how he was getting Wanda together at Carmitage. Like I think this movie was about strange showing why he is strange. Like right. him, being, him being able to do the dark hole magic and then like, the whole movie was just showing us strange is someone not to be messed with the dragon arms and all that. So <laughs> I like the music scene because again, it was just showing us his portfolio of, you know, his magic. I loved it. This, listen, this movie don't owe me nothing. I'm ready to see what comes next. I love that Marvel is doing, they, they said, you know what, phase four, let's try some stuff. And they yep. trying it. And I love the the variation between movie to movie from show to show. I'm here for it. They giving new directors a chance and I'll sign me up. I'm with yep. it. I'm with it. Brandon, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time so out. Welcome. Look, you I know so you you got things going on, okay? You you over uh, moving I, and I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you on all the things. Tell, I, I oh want you to goodness. plug books, uh, Instagram, everything. Where can you find me? Um, you can go to my website, brandongoodrights.com. The E is silent on good. Again, that's brandongoodrights.com. I am on Instagram at begood, so B.G.O.O.D.E. That's where I'm at. So I'm always there. Feel free to hit me up. I pop in and out the clubhouse streets every now and then. I'm not on there like I used to be just because like life has picked up and I got things I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where the people can find me. I'm I'm easily available. Um, now, if you send me inappropriate DMs, I am not available. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god thank you for coming through i need i need me absolutely hopefully this won't be the last time you come by absolutely not okay okay i'd love to come back because you know we got more marvel stuff and more housewives coming potomac you know probably gonna be piping hot this season yes look listen Let's plan for it now. When Dubai and Potomac are airing, you can come back and we we got to talk about things. Oh, Dubai, yes, yes. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. It's, oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a nice it's gonna be another great summer and fall season. Yes. So we y'all we're talking to West, um East Coast Brandon right now. We go talk to his variant in the future, West Coast Brandon. We go see yes. what he thinks about all the Ooh. things. Okay. I'm in a fight, East Coast and West Coast Brandon. That's like two balls. Like I want to <laughs> like I just I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Y'all, y'all know where you can find me anywhere you find podcasts. You're listening to me right now, so you did a good job of finding me. Congrats, y'all. If you are so in and you love this episode you uh you know you want to support both of these content creators obviously you can buy brandon's book he's an amazing author you can buy me a coffee www.buymeacoffee.com slash reality comics two the number two because they said my name was too long y'all <laughs> they, they got me together look y'all <laughs> i'm kendrick that's brandon and i'll see you sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple Podcasts or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com 
Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.